Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. We have two more messages that are going to continue. I didn't think it was going to be this long of a series, but it just that's the way the Spirit was working in my life. And it's just like, you know what? We, we're going to pause on some other stuff so that we can keep pushing on this. And so we started first week on um, declaring dependence. You know, stop doing this all by myself. Stop, stop doing it like thinking to yourself, you know what? I can do this. I can handle this. No, like that's not what the Father wants. God wants you to call on him. He doesn't want you to be independent. He wants you to reach out to him. Uh, the second week, we talked about what it takes to smile in the slime pit. I don't know if you remember that message, but we talked about how, how you've got to be able to uh, focus in the pit. And, and we looked at the example of Paul and, and uh, what Paul had to do. He changed his mindset. He pressed heavenward. And he said yes to Jesus. Those are the things that we've got to do when it comes to, to t- reducing our stress. We've got to do these things. Um, and when you say yes to Jesus, he will help you to say, say no to some other things in your life. He'll, he'll guide you in that. He'll lead you in that. Last week, we talked about seeking reconciliation and, and the fact that there is power in your apology. Amen? How many of you believe that? There's power in your apology. And when you realize, when you come, when you bring your worship to God, when you bring your gift, your sacrifice, when you come before him, and he reminds you of that person that has something against you, not that you have against them, but they have against you. Remember that person? You need to go and you need to seek reconciliation. This past Thursday in our small group, man, it was a powerful, powerful small group. I, I want to encourage you to join small groups. I want to encourage you to find one of those. Go to our website, renew.miami forward slash small, I think, slash groups. You can just go to the homepage and find it there. Um, but, man, it's, it's, it, they're powerful. It's where, like, we take and we take the, the, the message and we apply it into our lives and we talk about it. We, we say, this is where God has been leading me in this. And, and fellowships are built. Friendships are built and, and, and relationships are connected in those groups, man. And so this last week, break, a breakthrough began. I mean, it was like this wall that had been building up in this one particular family's life and, and something that was going on. But you know how, like, if you've ever tried to break through on something, like, it starts and it's so hard and it feels like it's not going and it's not going and it's not going. And then finally, when there's, like, just this little, like, little glimpse of light, just this little opening guess what? That breakthrough just starts to explode like it just starts to crumble. And that's what we started to see even in our small group this past week in one of our families. God was doing that and God wants to do that in you, man. And I pray that for you, that you would experience that reconciliation with whoever it is that's holding you back. Remember this, man. This isn't part of this week's message, but remember the, those people that anger you, those people that, that, that frustrate you, they don't only anger you and frustrate you. And I know I've said this before, but they control you. Those people will control your life without them even knowing it. But you just, like I say their name and it's like, oh, I can't stand that guy. Don't do that. Don't let them control you. That's what the enemy wants. That's what, that's what they would want if they even knew you. It frustrated them that much. But don't let those people anger you because then they control you. So the recurring thought, the recurring theme, the recurring thing that we've been talking about throughout the series of Stress Less is um, like it's, it's not self-help. The secret to stressing less, reducing stress, it's not self-help. Like, uh, so, so often, like, we go to the bookstore and they tell us how to help yourself. It's not that. Like, the recurring theme is not self-help. It's God's help. You need God. Like, in everything we've talked about over the last three weeks, it's God. And I know you might be like, well, then I don't need to keep coming to hear this. But in different applications and in different contexts, you need God. We need God. We're desperate for God, and that's why we call on him. That's why we come together. That's why we do what we do. How many of you, anybody had a tough week this week? Anybody? Anybody had a tough week? Only one person, only three people. Really? Let, let, let's try that again, just in case you just didn't hear me the first time. Let me say that again. Anybody have a tough week this week? You had a tough day. Just one bad day. Okay, I got you, Sandra. Man, it has been a tough week. There has been stress. There has been struggling, like, and, and it's not for me personally, 
But just as the pastor, as your pastor, I've been bearing the burden of uh, some people in my life and in our church. And, and I, I was reading this verse this morning. And as I read this verse this morning, I just said, you know what, I have to share this. And I don't think they have the words on the screen. You don't have this, Josh. But it's Psalms 143. And this is what it says. It says, Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. The enemy pursues me, and he crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. Like That's what the enemy wants. He wants for you to just stay in the dark. So my spirit begins to grow faint within me. Can you hear the, the stress? Can you hear the depression in David as he's writing this psalm? So my spirit grows faint within me, and my heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. In other words, I'm thinking about the good old days, like how it used to be. I meditate on all your works, and I consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you, and I thirst for you like a parched land. And then there's this little verse, this little word out to the side, and, and if you look it up, it says that there, there isn't like a for sure meaning of it, but it's the word selah. Like, and, and some people believe it to mean forever or interlude or praise because oftentimes it's used in, in a song of psalms, like in one of the psalms where it's like supposed to be a chorus or a musical type uh, uh, poem. So he's saying, I thirst for you like a parched land, Selah. Like in other words, let's repeat that again. I thirst for you like a parched land forever. I thirst for you like a parched land. Let's pause and let's hear that. God, I, I need you. I'm desperate for you. I spread out my hands to you, Selah. So answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me or I will be like those who go down to the pit. David knows about the pit. If you know about the pit, David does too. Let the morning bring me, and this is my niece's favorite verse in all of the Bible, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. So here's David saying, it is tough, it is hard, it's a pit, it's a struggle. I'm thinking back to the good old days, but today, here and now, this morning, God let you, this morning, bring me the word of your unfailing love, for I put my trust in you. Show me the way that I should go, for to you I entrust my life. This morning I had to think about that as I was kind of writing this and I was thinking about all of the people that are struggling today. And many people that are struggling today, uh, they couldn't raise their hand because they're not here today. But I think about Guillermo Dominic, who, who is uh, traveling with his son, Danny, one of our worship team members, because his, his son, Guillermo Jr., has stage four colon cancer. And I'm thinking it's a hard day for this family. I'm thinking about Jim and Norma Brown who are dealing with multiple, multiple myeloma and several other health issues. and It's just been a really, really rough season for my dear friends. I'm, I'm thinking about Hubens Faraz and I'm thinking about the surgery that he had this week and, and the way that he's been separated from his wife. I'm thinking about Hector Gonzalez, the Carbonell and Jimenez family's father who was doing so good but now things have taken a turn for worse again. Like two weeks ago, he was critical. They did the surgery. He turned better, and things started getting good. And now it's like, again, there's some bad news. And he's telling his family, you know, I'm tired. I'm worn, and I don't know. Maybe this is it. Maybe it's time. I'm thinking of the Robles family, who's Hector's co-worker, who, who uh, had a, a heart attack in his 40s, a young guy, maybe even in his 30s. I can't recall. But this guy who dealt with that. And then on top of that, they lost their dog of 17 years. Like, that's a tough thing, isn't it? If, for those of you that have animals, you know that's a tough thing. That's a hard thing to go through. Thinking about the Davidson family, whose mom is in ICU in Nebraska, and he, uh, Steve spent the whole week up there. I'm thinking about Janelle Gonzalez's dad, who has been dealing with this diabetes, who's been attacking his life, and then not only them, but then like bringing a lot of pressure onto the family. And uh, he was in ICU, and now he's in rehab. Like there is so many things. There's so many issues. How many of you know we got issues? Say we got issues. We got issues, and, and I say we because we're together. As the church, we're together. It's not, oh, that's not my problem. No, that's the good thing about the church, and I hope you understand that. If you don't understand that, I need you to learn that, that you bear one another's burdens. You help one another. You lift up one another. 
So I had this sermon done. I had the whole message completed uh, on Thursday. My goal is to have it finished by Thursday so that I have some time to let it rest in my spirit for a couple days before preaching to you on Sunday. And I even had a special guest that was going to come join me, and we were going to talk about stress in the workplace. It was going to be a great message. I'm excited about it because, Lord willing, it's still going to happen. But I had issues. We have issues. Anybody relate? Anybody catching on to what I'm saying? So that's where we were. That's where we are. So earlier in the week, I heard through Facebook. Facebook's crazy, isn't it? Like you, you catch up with people that you haven't caught up with and you find out about people that you forgot about. Like it does stuff. That it's, it's unbelievable, the, the connections that made. And I heard through Facebook that a guy named Scott, a, a guy that I went to church with in middle school and high school, he, he was only two years older than me, 42 years old. He had a heart attack and a stroke. He was not doing well, but he was still alive. And uh, can you imagine that? Like this guy, this married man, I don't think he had kids, but going to church last Sunday and everything just as normal as you are today and business as usual. And then two days from now, Tuesday morning, he had a stroke. And within a week, your whole world changes. That really messed with me. And this, this guy, Scott, he was the popular kid growing up. Like, he was the cool kid. He was the athlete. He was the, 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 the one that everybody wanted to emulate. He played college basketball. His dad was the superintendent of the school that I graduated from. His, his brother and my little brother-in-law, my wife's brother, were best friends. And In fact, his little brother uh, was in uh, the wedding that I got to perform last August. And he was teaching at a university. He was a college professor. Geography, among other classes, I think, that he taught. But he was teaching at Southwestern Christian University, and he had a heart attack while teaching as a professor. He had a heart attack, a stroke, and he was barely banging, hanging on to life. So like I said, I had the sermon done on Thursday, and then, then my wife is doing family devotions on Thursday night, our family devotions with my girls and I. And if, you, if you've never done that, download the YouVersion Bible app. It's free. Uh, U version, Y-O-U version. Um, and on, on that, you can look up plans that are like relatable to whatever you're going through, whatever you're thinking about, and they have family plans. So we were doing a family plan, my, my daughters and I and my wife. And so she was doing day six of the Faith Builders devotional plan. And that verse that was the key verse for that day started to sit on me that night. It, it's the story of the woman with the issue. The story of the woman with the issue, the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5. And although I must have heard that story probably a hundred times, this time it began to sit on me, like in the midst of our family devotions. And so I type a quick note to myself. I sometimes use that. I text myself as a reminder of something I need to do before I went to bed. And all I typed in was woman with the issue of blood. And then I went to bed Thursday night. Friday, Scott died and someone shared a link to his testimony that he had done in October at a chapel service for the university that he was a professor at. And in, the, in that testimony, he shared his emotional struggles over the last 10 to 15 years. I didn't really like stay up with him. Like, like I said, we weren't friends per se. I just knew him from my teenage years. And he had experienced a serious fall in, in a freak accident while doing research for his graduate degree in Costa Rica. Um, he fell 43 feet to the ground. He survived, but it literally like created major, major damage to his body. And he began to, in that message on that, that chapel service, he began to open up about his physical problems that led to emotional issues and depression that he was dealing with. And in the midst of that testimonial, guess what his text was? Of all of the Bible, <laughs> how many verses are in the Bible? That's like 1,500 pages. That's thousands and thousands of verses. His story, his text was the woman with the issue of blood. So I was like, all right, Lord, I guess I'm supposed to do something with the woman with the issue of blood. So here we are. And I'm going to preach from that this morning. Mark chapter 5, starting at verse 24. But before you even get to that, let me give you a little bit of context. Mark chapter 5, the verses just before that, there's the synagogue leader, and he comes to Jesus. 
uh, synagogue meaning Jewish. He's a Jewish leader, religious leader. And he knows there's something about Jesus. And he's desperate because Jesus is, is somebody that has been able to do some other things. He's been able to do some miracles. And even though he was controversial and some of the Jews like wanted to see him like killed and, and uh, they didn't believe in him and they thought that he was you know, something else, he was upsetting their, their um, kind of their order. But this guy was desperate. Why? Because his daughter was dying. And he pleads. He said, please, just put your hands on my daughter and she will live. So in Mark chapter 5, verse 24, the very verse, first verse, and I think you guys have that on the screen. Mark 5, verse 24, it says, so Jesus went with him. Okay, so that's where it starts. That's, where, that's who the him is. Jesus went with him. So this whole thing is because some other guy's reaching out about his daughter and Jesus is like, okay, I'll go since you called me to. On the way to his miracle, Jesus is beginning to do another one. Why? Because Jesus is a multitasker. Jesus can do great stuff. He's, he's pretty powerful. So don't think he doesn't know your problem just because he needs to deal with somebody else's problem on the other side of the world. He can do it. He can handle it. He's big enough. Verse 24b, a large crowd, they followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12, for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, this woman, she grew worse. How many of you know she had issues? How many of you know this woman was dealing with issues? Like, here's the, 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 the situation with this. There's actually in the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter 15. It's not one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, but it's subtitled, Discharges Causing Uncleanness for Men and Women. Okay, so it talks about this, and it's kind of like, oh, man, you don't really want to read it. You want to kind of skim over it. But it, it talks about the, the things that causes a man or a woman to be unclean in the Old Testament. This woman was dealing with that same issue for 12 years. And it says there in Leviticus that when a woman has a regular flow, the impurity will last for seven days, and anyone who touches her will become unclean till evening. So you couldn't even, when the woman was during that period in her life, that, that menstrual cycle, she could not even be touched. Or if the person touched her, then they too would be unclean in the uh, they would be unclean till evening. Anybody, anything she sits on, anything that she lies on will be unclean. And no one can sit where she sat. Like, can you imagine how like separ separated and segregated she felt? And if it continues beyond the seven days, she will be, the verses say in Leviticus 15, she will be unclean until it stops. So this woman is untouchable. But not just for seven days, but for 12 years. Man, you would think there would be a provision for that. You would think there would be a loophole for that. You would think that there would be something in the law that God would say, like, could you, could you do something about this? Can I tell you what the loophole is? It's Jesus. <laughs> the loophole is Jesus. But for 12 years, this woman is untouchable. And it says there that she suffered a great deal under the care of doctors. And it says she spent all she had. Can you imagine the primitive types of treatment that they did to try to, to deal with this? Like, I don't know what you do to, to help with that. I don't really, it's not my thing, obviously. But I'm saying, like, can you imagine what it was 2,000 years ago? And she suffered, it says, under the care of these doctors, and Mark says she had given all she had, and in doing that, it only got worse. So she had given everything. She had, she had tried everything, and she'd suffered much, and it only got worse for 12 years. How many of you know this lady had issues? This lady had issues. Stress levels were high. I don't know if you can relate to this. Maybe you've found yourself in a place in your life where you feel like you're an outcast. And it wasn't because of anything you did. Like, she didn't do that. It wasn't her fault. She didn't do anything to deserve it. And maybe you didn't either. But maybe you've had that point in your life. 
and you've done everything you know to fix your issues. You've done it all. You've tried it all. You've given everything. You've tried everything, but only to find that it's getting worse. That's where this lady was for 12 years. Because why? Because she had issues. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. The next verse says, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. You see, to me, that doesn't make sense. All, all you had to do was touch his clothes. All you had to do is, is go up behind him and grab a hold of the, the edge of his jacket. And you're going to be healed. And he doesn't even have to know about it. Like, what about the ceremony? What about the, what about the, the, the sacrifice? What, what do you have to bring? What about the offering? Doesn't she need to repent for the things that she's done, known or unknown? Like, where is all of that? Doesn't she need to ask at least? She just touches his clothes? That's all she has to do? That doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't she need to pray? Isn't there a prayer that needs to be prayed? Isn't there like a healing prayer to be said right before she touches his clothes? Maybe she's supposed to call in the priest. Like, I could go on and on and on. This lady doesn't even introduce herself to Jesus. <laughs> she doesn't tell her his story. Tell him his, her story. She doesn't tell him anything. She doesn't make eye contact. She just touches his clothes. And the text says, immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her, healing, from, her, from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him just from the little touch of his clothes. And he turned around in the crowd and he asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, the disciples answered. And yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Like, like in, in Luke's gospel, it says that he was almost crushed by the crowds. Like you could look it up. He was almost crushed by the crowds. But yet this woman comes up behind him and just kind of yanks on the edge of his clothes. And he says, who touched me? And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, she came and she fell at his feet, trembling in fear. And she told him the whole truth. And his response, daughter, daughter, you hear that? 12 years, you hear that? You're nobody, you hear that? You're, you stay away from me. Everybody else, the whole world is saying, get away, you are unclean. You're not worthy to be in my house. Do not sit on that. Don't touch me. I don't know you. And Jesus sees her. She's in fear, trembling, falls at his feet, tells her the whole story. And he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. couple of things that I want you to get from this message today. If you have issues today, the first thing you have to do is you have to press past the crowd. The first thing you have to do is you have to press past the crowd. Because that's not what matters. People may know what you're going through. They may not know what you're going through. Who knows how they're going to respond? There may be judgment. There may be embarrassment. There may be shame. 
there may be rejection. Years of all of these things mounting up on you. But in the same way that this woman did it, you've got to press past that crowd. No matter what. And that's, that's a hard thing to do, like to come into a, a, a hostile environment and force your way into it. But you've got to do that. The thing, second thing you've got to do is you've got to press into Jesus. She didn't care if touching anyone or, or him or anyone else could make them unclean. She didn't care about that. You know why she didn't care about that? Because she knew what it meant to be desperate. You get it? Like she was desperate. 12 years of going through something causes you to be desperate. And she was desperate. And the good thing is, is Jesus didn't care either. Because Jesus is the loophole. Jesus is the one that can make the unclean clean. Jesus is the one that even though the the Old Testament says one thing, Jesus says, I've come to fulfill and be a new covenant that you can live by. There's an old hymn, old song of the church that says, what can make me white as snow? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Like, you've got to, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your suffering, in the midst of your stress or depression, or whatever those things are, you've got to press past the crowd, and you've got to press into Jesus, believing that He is your answer. He is your healing. He is your help. And the third and final point is is that your faith can set you free. Your faith can set you free. That's what Jesus said to this woman. He said, daughter, your faith has healed you. It really wasn't about the clothing. It really wasn't about the garment. It wasn't about the, the, the other elements of that, 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 in, that thing that happened. The main thing was her faith that set her free. You see, Scott, this guy that I went to school with, Went to, went to church with, really, and, and uh, I knew him when I was back in high school. We went to separate schools, but he went through some crazy stuff. Growing up, after, after uh, we had moved away, we had moved to Florida, but I just had heard about him over the years. And the closing of his chapel message, he handed out these little strips of cloth to remind everyone in that service that day to reach out to Jesus, to press past the crowd, to press into Jesus, and to allow your faith to set you free, to allow your faith to heal you. So during the song this morning, I'm going to challenge you to push past it and press into Jesus and come forward to let Jesus begin to set you free. Man, these services would be better. This message probably would be better if the message ended that Scott came off of life support and that he was miraculously healed. But the reality is, as I said, Scott died. But I think about Philippians chapter 1. I think about what we said a few weeks ago with the Apostle Paul. The reality is, is to live as Christ and to die is gain. And do you remember how this whole story started to begin with? I mean, think about that for just a minute. This whole story started because right in the middle of the story, this, this is the, the, the kind of like the, the pause of another story about a guy named Jairus, the synagogue leader, whose daughter's sick and she dies. If you continue reading, she dies. But her sickness... Ultimately, her death leads to the woman with the issue of blood's life. If it wasn't for him going to Jesus and dragging him across town and she finding him in that crowd, in that midst, in that setting, and going and pressing past the crowd, pressing into Jesus, if it wasn't for all of that, who knows if she would have been healed? Who knows if that scenario would have even came about? So her sickness led to the woman with the issue of blood's life. And so it wasn't in vain. 
And so I had to change my sermon this week because I felt like, you know what? I don't want Scott's death to be in vain. You may be the one that needs to grab a hold of the cloak. You may need to be the one to press into Jesus. You may need to be the one that grabs onto it because somebody else suffered. You can live. Because somebody else was dealing with a difficult thing, God can pull you to something else and transform and heal your life, your body. This morning we're going to sing a, a song. And when we sing, I'm gonna, we've got these tables. This is normally where we would receive communion. But these are pieces of the, the cloth that is up here this morning. Just little three-inch pieces of cloth. So while our musicians sing this song, I'm just going to invite you guys to kind of come down this center aisle and take of the cloth. Just take one on your own. You don't need an usher. You don't need anybody to give it to you. She didn't have one. She did it on her own. She found it. She got past the crowd. She got past the people, and she just got hold of her cloth, and she said, Jesus, help me and heal me. And guess what? Your faith will heal you. We believe that today. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to sing this song. Musicians are ready. You're just going to come in just a minute. As soon as I pray, you're just going to come and take of this, these cloths. God in heaven, we come before you, and we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this woman and the issues that she had that man they were horrible the circumstances were tough but God she set the example for me God to press past the crowd press past what anybody else thought what anybody else did and just press into Jesus God believing God that for whatever it is whether it's family it's health it's uh, finances God it's a relationship whatever it is God we're pressing in to you today Lord Jesus, I lift up to you Scott Schellenberger's family. I lift up to you the, those that are hurting today, his beautiful wife, oh God, and his parents and his two brothers, oh God, and all of the family, God, that are mourning the loss of this man, this great man. I thank you for his example. And I thank you that even because of what he went through, God, maybe there's going to be somebody that will be healed and helped today. We pray these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you come as we sing this song?
How many of you know this lady, she had been told she's not a child of God. She's been told she's not a daughter of God. She's been told she's worthless. She's untouchable. She's unclean. She was, she was of zero value to anyone. Nobody wanted her. She couldn't produce a child. She couldn't do anything. How many of you know she didn't feel like a child of God? What was the first thing Jesus said? Daughter. Amen. Yeah, let's, let's sing. Let's raise. Let's give applause to that. The first thing he said. He said, daughter. The first words to her, like to the crowd, he goes, who touched me? But then when he specifically spoke to her, he goes, daughter, your faith has healed you. That's what he does, man. That's what he does. That's what he wants to do in and through your life. Like he wants to call you who you are, a son and a daughter of God. Even when the world says you're nothing, even the world, when the world says you're nobody, even when he says, the world says, you got issues. Stay out of this, you got issues. What are you touching God for today? Let me ask you that. What are you touching God for today? Like whatever that thing is, whatever you're grabbing hold of him for, man, just grab a hold of him and don't let go. Reach out for him and don't let go. Here's his answer to her. He says, daughter, your faith has healed you. So go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And I just, man, I, I want that to be your words today. Like son or daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Go in peace and be freed from your stress. Go in peace and be freed from your depression. Go in peace and be freed from whatever that thing is that you're holding on to. Press into Jesus, press past the crowd, press into Jesus and let your faith be the thing that heals you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Oh God, we come before you and we just say thank you. We say thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity, God, just to kind of hear from you, to hold on to a, a, a piece of cloth, God, that represents Jesus and all that he does for us, God, regardless of whether we know the words to say or the things to do, God, we just grab a hold of this and we say, Jesus, save. Jesus, heal. Jesus, set me apart. Jesus, change me. Jesus, set me free, God, from whatever it is. God, give me peace. Jesus, help me. If today, this morning, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, you would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm dealing with some stuff. Would you pray for me? I'm going through some struggles this morning. And I need, I need just, I need to grab a hold of Jesus. But would you, would you lift me up in prayer with you? If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand this morning? And let me acknowledge that. Praise God for you. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands. All over this room, I see your hands. God, you know these hands, but you also know these hearts, and we just lift them up to you this morning, and we pray, God, that whatever they're going through, whatever they're facing, God, that they would somehow, in some way, just reach out to you, that you'd help them, that by their faith, God, they'd be healed. Maybe today you haven't even taken that very first step. If today is the day for you to, to say, you know what? I've been trying to fight this on my own for far too long. I've been trying to make this happen on my own. And today, maybe it's that, that day where you're coming back to Jesus to declare your dependence on Jesus. Because again, this whole message series is about not self-help. It's about God's help. It's about saying, Jesus, I need you because I can't do this on my own. So this morning, if that's you, and you would say, Pastor, I want to pray. I want to receive Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I want to ask him to come into my life and set me free. If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand so that I can see it this morning? Praise God for you. I see your hand. Let's give a round of applause for this hand and this hand on my other side. Anybody else? Praise God. Praise God. 
So this is the prayer, and I'm just going to pray it, and I just encourage everybody, even our Renew crew and those that already know this, uh, you know this prayer, and you've prayed this prayer, and you've received Jesus, if you would just repeat it after me out loud as I pray it, God, just asking God to, to encourage those others that are uh, making that decision today, or maybe it's a recommitment. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Today I start with you. I begin by grabbing a hold of you, pushing past the crowd, and hanging on to Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and set me free. Today I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give those a round of applause that made that decision this morning. Mikey, if you'd make your way up this morning, we're going uh, to close out the, the message. But man, thank you so much for letting me kind of call the switch in the middle of the week. Uh, that's just going to give me that much more time to really prepare for next week's message. I hope that you'll join us for that. Mikey, if you'll close us out. just want to point out like how awesome our God is and how great it is to have the Holy Spirit in our lives because Pastor Trevor was preparing to preach something totally different like that's what he thought he was going to preach something totally different and I know for a fact some of you needed to hear that word this morning the spirit put it in his heart and he, he, he put away his pride he put away whatever Pastor Trevor wanted to preach this week and he listened to the leading of the Holy Spirit because he knew that some of you needed to hear that. So that's like that's how awesome our God is. He knows your needs. And and I just want to like like just kind of brag on you, Pastor, for listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit, for by setting the standard, being the example that we all need to, to aspire to. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's our pastor. This is our church. I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful for all of you. Now, this is just the part of our service where we continue to worship God through the giving of tithes and offerings. Again, like I said in the beginning, there's a few ways to do that on the envelope, online texting. Um, and also today's growth track. Like after after this, we have growth track. So if you haven't done that, I encourage you to be a part of that. Um, so let's pray for the offering. God, I just thank you for, for this church, God. I thank you for these people, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in this place, God, what you're doing in hearts and lives. God, we thank you for our pastor. Thank you for his family, Lord. God, I pray for uh, the offering this morning, Lord. I pray that you bless it, Lord, that you use it in, in ways that we can't even imagine. Father, I pray that you um, that you just push us, Father. You push us to trust you more and more in every aspect of our lives, God, to continue to let go of the rope, Father, and let you just take control of us, God. I pray for all the needs in the room. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, and also, if you if you prayed that prayer this morning, if you if you gave your life to Jesus, um, I would encourage you to to go to the connect card, and there's a there's a section there on the back for you. And also, if you want, I'll be over here in the corner. It's private, not like with everyone. Everyone's gonna be dismissed now. And just come talk to me. I'd love to get to know you. Love to pray with you and and just share some things with you. So um, that's it this morning. Thank you all so much. You're dismissed. <laughs>